Hi, I'm Anusha, your friend and host for Daily Bible Podcast. I'm super excited to bring to you today's episode because things are getting really heated up in here. In our previous episode, we saw how Paul reaches Jerusalem. He starts preaching and teaching in the temple where the people saw him. And they also saw him outside with a non-Jew. So they thought that he has been defiling the temple by bringing non-Jews into the temple. And so the whole city was in an uproar, people running from everywhere to the temple to get in on the action. They grabbed Paul, dragged him outside and locked the temple so that he wouldn't get back into the sanctuary again. Today we will see Paul's trial and how he goes about conducting himself among all these Jews and speaking about God. Let's go. Acts chapter 22. Paul tells his story. Standing on the barrack steps, Paul turned and held his arms up. A hush fell over the crowd as Paul began to speak. He spoke in Hebrew. My dear brothers and fathers, listen carefully to what I have to say before you jump to conclusions about me. When they heard him speaking Hebrew, they even grew quieter. No one wanted to miss a word of this. He continued, I am a good Jew born in Tarsus in the province of Sicilia, but educated here in Jerusalem under the exacting eye of Rabbi Gamaliel, thoroughly instructed in our religious traditions. And I've always been passionately on God's side, just as you are right now. I went after anyone connected with this way, went at them with all my might, ready to kill for God. I rounded up men and women, right and left, and had them thrown in prison. You can ask the chief priest or anyone in the high council to verify this. They all knew me well. Then I went off to our brothers in Damascus, armed with official documents, authorizing me to hunt down the followers of Jesus there, arrest them and bring them back to Jerusalem for sentencing. As I arrived on the outskirts of Damascus about noon, a blinding light blazed out of the skies and I fell to the ground, dazed. I heard a voice. Saul, Saul, why are you out to get me? Who are you, master? I asked. He said, I am Jesus the Nazarene, the one you are hunting down. My companions saw the light, but they didn't hear the conversation. Then I said, what do I do now, master? He said, get to your feet and enter Damascus. There you'll be told everything that's been set out for you to do. And so we entered Damascus, but nothing like the entrance I had planned. I was blind as a bat, and my companions had to lead me in by the hand. And that's when I met Ananias, a man with a sterling reputation in observing our laws. The Jewish community in Damascus is unanimously on the score. He came out and put his arm on my shoulder. 
Look up, he said. I looked and found myself looking right into his eyes. I could see again. Then he said, The God of our ancestors has handpicked you to be briefed on his plan of action. You've actually seen the righteous innocent and heard him speak. You are to be a key witness to everyone you meet of what you've seen and heard. So what are you waiting for? Get up and get yourself baptized, scrubbed clean of those sins and personally acquainted with God. Well, it happened just as Ananias said. After I was back in Jerusalem and praying one day in the temple, lost in the presence of God, I saw him, saw God's righteous innocent, and heard him say to me, Hurry up, get out of here as quickly as you can. None of the Jews in Jerusalem are going to accept what you say about me. At first, I objected. Who has better credentials? They all know how obsessed I was with hunting out those who believed in you, beating them up in the meeting places and throwing them in jail. And when your witness Stephen was murdered, I was right there, holding the coats of the murderers and cheering them on. And now they see me totally converted. What better qualification can I have? But he said, don't argue, go. I am sending you on a long journey to outsider non-Jews, a Roman citizen. The people in the crowd had listened attentively up to this point, but now they broke loose, shouting out, Kill him! He's an insect! Stomp on him! They shook their fists. They filled the air with curses. That's when the captain intervened and ordered Paul taken into the barracks. By now, the captain was thoroughly exasperated. He decided to interrogate Paul under torture in order to get to the bottom of this, to find out what he had done that provoked this outraged violence. As they spread, eagled him with strips of leather, getting him ready for the whip, Paul said to the centurion standing there, Is this legal, torturing a Roman citizen without a fair trial? When the centurion heard that, he went directly to the captain. Do you realize what you've done? This man is a Roman citizen. The captain came back and took charge. Is this what I hear right? You're a Roman citizen? Paul said, I certainly am. The captain was impressed. I paid a huge sum for my citizenship. How much did it cost you? Nothing, said Paul. It cost me nothing. I was free from the day of my birth. That put a stop to the interrogation, and it put the fear of God into the captain. He had put a Roman citizen in chains and come within a whisker of putting him under torture. The next day, determined to get to the root of the trouble and know for sure what was behind the Jewish accusation, the captain released Paul and ordered a meeting for the high priest and the high council to see what they could make out of it. Paul was led in and took his place before them. Acts chapter 23, before high council. Paul surveyed the members of the council with a steady gaze and then said his piece. Friends, I have lived with a clear conscience before God all my life 
up to this very moment. That said, the chief priest Ananis off. He ordered his aides to slap Paul in the face. Paul shot back. God will slap you down. What a fake you are. You sit there and judge me by the law and then break the law by ordering me slapped around. The aides were scandalized. How dare you talk to God's chief priest like that? Paul acted surprised. How was I to know he was a chief priest? He didn't act like a chief priest. You're right. The scriptures does say, don't speak abusively to a ruler of the people. Sorry. Paul, knowing some of the council was made up of Sadducees and others of Pharisees and how they hated each other, decided to exploit their antagonism. Friends, I am a steward Pharisee from a long line of Pharisees. It's because of my Pharisee convictions, the hope and resurrection of the dead, that I have been howled into this court. The moment he said this, the council split right down the middle. Pharisees and Sadducees going at each other in hated argument. Sadducees having nothing to do with the resurrection or angels or even a spirit. If they can't see it, they don't believe it. Pharisees believe it all. And so a huge and noisy quarrel broke out. Then some of the religious scholars on the Pharisee side shouted down the others. We don't find anything wrong with this man. And what if a spirit has spoken to him? Or maybe an angel? What if it turns out we're fighting against God? That was fuel on the fire. The quarrel flamed up and became so violent, the captain was afraid they would tear Paul apart, limb from limb. He ordered the soldiers to get him out of there and escort him back to the safety of the barracks. A plot against Paul. That night, the master appeared to Paul. It's going to be all right. Everything is going to turn out for the best. You've been a good witness for me here in Jerusalem. Now you're going to be my witness in Rome. The next day, the Jews worked up a plot against Paul. They took a solemn oath that they would neither eat nor drink until they had killed him. Over 40 of them ritually bound themselves to this murder pact and presented themselves to the high priests and religious leaders. We've bound ourselves by a solemn oath to eat nothing until we have killed Paul. But we need your help. Send a request from the council to the captain to bring Paul back so that you can investigate the charges in more detail. We'll do the rest. Before he gets anywhere near you, we'll have killed him. You won't be involved. Paul's nephew, his sister's son, overheard them plotting the ambush. He went immediately to the barracks and told Paul. Paul called over one of the centurions and said, Take this young man to the captain. He has something important to tell him. The centurion brought him to the captain and said, the prisoner Paul has asked me to bring this young man to you. He said he has something urgent to tell you. The captain took him by the arm and led him aside privately. What is it? What do you have to tell me? Paul's nephew said, The Jews have worked up a plot against Paul. 
they are going to ask you to bring Paul to the council first thing in the morning on the pretext that they want to investigate the charges against him in more detail. But it's a trick to get him out of your safekeeping so they can murder him. Right now there are more than 40 men lying in ambush for him. They've all taken a vow to neither eat nor drink until they've killed him. The ambush is set. All they're waiting for is for you to send him over. The captain dismissed the nephew with a warning. Don't breathe a word of this to a soul. The captain called up two centurions. Get 200 soldiers ready to go immediately to Caesarea. Also, 70 cavalry and 200 light infantry. I want them ready to march by 9 o'clock tonight. And you will need a couple of mules for Paul and his gear. We are going to present this man safe and sound to Governor Felix. Then he wrote this letter from Claudius Lysias to the most honorable Governor Felix. Greetings. I rescued this man from a Jewish mob. They have seized him and were about to kill him when I learned that he was a Roman citizen. So I sent in my soldiers wanting to know what he had done wrong. I had him bought before the council. It turned out to be a squabble turned vicious over some of their religious differences, but nothing remotely criminal. The next thing I knew, they had cooked up a plot to murder him. I decided that for his own safety, I'd better get him out of here in a hurry. So I'm sending him to you. I'm informing his accusers that he is now under your jurisdiction. The soldiers following orders took Paul that same night to safety in Antipatris. In the morning, the soldiers returned to their barracks in Jerusalem, sending Paul on to Caesarea under guard of the cavalry. The cavalry entered Caesarea and handed Paul and the letter to the governor. After reading the letter, the governor asked Paul, what province he came from and was told Sicilia when he said, I'll take up your case when your accusers show up. He ordered him locked up for the meantime in King Herod's official quarters. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. Through these trials, Paul gets the opportunity to share his entire story, once in Jerusalem to the governor and the next in Rome. So we will be looking at that further. The most astounding thing I find about Paul here is that he is completely confident in what he's doing. He's confident about Jesus, he's confident about himself. And he speaks with so much authority and grace and he's even getting off on it because he deliberately decides to break the mob right in the middle when he calls out Pharisees and Sadducees apart from each other, causing them to fight among themselves. 
one can only do that when he is absolutely confident without an inch of doubt paul knows that god is on his side and god is taking care of everything that's going on the master jesus even meets paul in the night and says that it is going to be all right and he says that everything is going to turn out for the best he assures paul that he has been a good witness for him in jerusalem and he also tells him his future plan that is paul will be a witness for jesus in rome all paul had to do was be there he just had to show up and everything was taken care of we see how the people around him go about doing things for him there's a part that wants to kill him and a part that wants to keep him safe we even see how the fear of god comes upon these men to protect paul and keep him safe we see how they orchestrate a cavalry just to escort him and take him safely into rome and here is paul just taking it out not complaining just being there and this is the truth no matter what your situation is just be there trust god things will work out for its good don't even have to speak for yourself the people around you will speak for you in times of distress only answer to what you were asked and that's what paul does he just simply answers what he was questioned about we don't have to talk much a wise man will stay silent and as you depend on god to take care of the situation for you you will see how things around you will just turn for your good and that is the word of god today may the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the sweet fellowship of the holy spirit rest and abide with you now and always surely god's goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life as you dwell in the presence of the lord forever and ever and ever stay tuned